0: Hey runners, real quick before we start this episode, just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing this episode on social media and with your friends and for leaving us a review on iTunes. And if you haven't done that yet, we would so appreciate it because that really helps us to grow the podcast and it's a great way for you to show your appreciation for all the content that we put out for you every week. So thanks again and thanks in advance. Now let's start the show.
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: All right, you guys, welcome to the show today. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about a brand new free resource that I have created to help you gain more clarity and momentum towards your goals. So one of the biggest mistakes that we see so many runners making is not knowing exactly where they are right now. And if you don't have an accurate assessment of where you are right now, it can lead you to setting goals with the wrong timeline, which can lead to frustration and injury and not achieving your goals. So it's so important for you to get a really clear picture of where you are right now. So that's why I've created what I like to call My Running Snapshot. And that's going to give you a great idea. It's a one-page download where you can get an idea of where you are right now in your running. So to grab that your free copy, head over to realliferunners.com forward slash snapshot to get that copy today. Now let's get started. All right. So you guys know how we love training plans. And we talk all the time here on the podcast about how following a personalized training plan is the best. It's the most effective and it's the most enjoyable way for you to achieve your running goal. It's the greatest way for you to achieve success. It's the greatest way for you to achieve any difficult goal that you are chasing. You have to train in a way that's right for you. However,
1: it's the real life runners.
0: It's real life runners, right? And we like to keep it real for you guys, no matter what. So despite our best laid plans, sometimes life gets in the way and we have to adjust. We're forced to adjust. Sometimes we miss a day, right? And so today we really want to talk about adjusting a plan and how to try to fit it all in. And then also how sometimes trying to fit it in is actually not what you want to do,
1: right? And this this was spurred by some recent coaching calls that we've had yep. that we have with our our teams mm-hmm. on on you know the team coaching calls. People have plans. They're working yep. the plans. They're like, all right, but this is coming up, right? So what do I do?
0: Well, and sometimes it's like. Um, very last minute. Right. Like, and so it's like, Oh shoot. Like all of a sudden this work trip popped up on my calendar. It was not planned. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to do? I'm leaving on Thursday. And so like, you know, some people Mm -hmm. will try to like shove all of their workouts into the beginning of the week before they leave on the workout. But is that the most optimal way to do it?
1: I mean, this has happened with multiple people. This has happened with us literally where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to be out of town Mm -hmm. on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one of those is going to be a long run for me so i'm going to put my long run onto Mm -hmm. like a wednesday but normally i have a speed session on tuesday and maybe also on thursday so should i really do speed then a long run then another speed session because then i'm going to get three days off and that's why I, i call it the herculean effort is it's like yes i managed to fit everything in i'm broken by the time we get to vacation, yeah. like I need the vacation because I overdid it for the last mm-hmm. three days, but you feel real accomplished with it.
0: Yes and no. <laughs> and I think that that's really, like I'm so glad that we're tackling this topic on the podcast because I really think this is going to be one that you guys are going to want to save. And if you appreciate all the stuff we're teaching you today, share it with your friends. Okay. And if you haven't yet, go leave us a review on iTunes. I'm just going to throw that back in there, but I really think this is a super important topic that is going to be one of these episodes that you can come back to. So there are ways that you can like save your favorite episodes on your podcast player. I'm guessing you're going to want to save this one because it's
1: a bold statement, well, save it, save it right I now. know,
0: Especially since we are like, you know, not even into the meat of it yet, but it's one of those things that I think that all of us will face at some point in time. It's like, okay, what do we do? What is the best way? Because I think, like you said, you know, if you listen to our podcast, hopefully you're either on board or almost getting on board with the (laughs) idea that you need to be following a training plan. If you want to make improvements, if you like just going out and running just for fun and for joy, and because you love running fantastic, you do not need to follow a training plan. And I'll even go as far to say, it's like, you don't even need to follow a training plan all year long, right? Even if you want to improve having those breaks in your training is a good thing for short periods of time. But once you kind of get on Board with this idea of like, yes, I need a personalized plan because I want to improve. I want to achieve these goals that I'm setting for myself. What happens a lot of times is that we can become slaves to our training plan, mm-hmm. right? And this is the mistake that we see so many people making is we think that just because we have a plan and we have a calendar, now we have like, okay, this goes on this day and this goes on this day, we've got to check every box. And if we're being real with ourselves... We like checking boxes, right? We're runners. Yeah. I feel like that's a very common personality trait, Like, right? Like raise your hand right now if you're a box checker because my hand's in the air um, you, for sure. You
1: love checking boxes. I do. I
0: actually write things down on my to-do list after I do them just so that I can check the box. I def- That's def- how satisfying it is. I have
1: never done that. But <laughs> the, okay, so this, that's our first bold statement is trying to cram your entire week's worth mm-hmm. of workouts into three days is actually not quality training. Right. It seems like it is because it, it looks good on paper, like especially
0: back to back days. Yeah,
1: it, it, like and your Strava is going to light up and be like, "Man, that is quality training." Your watch may t- tell you unproductive by mm-hmm. the end of it, though. But it looks overreaching. Overreaching the the classic overreaching. It looks good. So this happens sometimes if you you got like work got in the way at the beginning of the week mm-hmm. and you weren't able to run on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now suddenly all of your runs got shoved into the back of the week, yeah. so everything's crammed together. Or if you plan ahead mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to be out of town on the weekend and I, I've got stuff going, or I just, I don't, I'm not going to run on this vacation or right. whatever it is. So now do you cram everything into the front of the week? And I would suggest that that neither is a great option because it, it leads to all sorts of issues. Big ones right off the bat, overtraining. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't change your weekly mileage yeah if you have four days spread out over the week monday and then wednesday thursday and then saturday long run mm-hmm. if you take those four days and now you put them in four straight days It's not that your mileage changed, but your mileage density changed drastically,
0: right? Your mileage density. And then obviously the lack of recovery in between sessions, Mm -hmm. you know, that is really the biggest thing that changes if you're trying to kind of squeeze everything in, right? Especially like what you were mentioning before, if you've got two speed workouts during the week and a long run, and you're kind of trying to cram everything either in the front of the week or the back of the week, that is definitely going to lead to like speed and long run back to back or two speed sessions back to back. And that is just not the best way for your body to train because like we've talked about before, your body gets broken down in your workouts, right? When you're doing hard speed workouts, when you're doing long runs, your body is breaking down and it is in the recovery and rest following those harder efforts that your body builds back stronger, that your body makes the adaptations of training based on the load that you're placing on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you are stacking hard workouts back to back and you're not giving your body that time to recover, you're not actually reaping the benefits of those hard workouts. And that's just going to make you tired and more painful and more prone to injury and overtraining.
1: Right. And then another one that I'd like to add on to this is goes back to a thing we say all the time here stress is stress. Yes. So if you had a bunch of stuff going at work at the beginning of the week that you had to push your runs back, mm-hmm. now suddenly you're piling up all of your runs mm-hmm. and you're coming off of what may have been a very mentally stressful front half of the week. Right. So you're putting physical stress on top of mental stress. Stress plus stress equals broken. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, there's an equation, uh, the the growth equation is a podcast I I enjoy. And Mm -hmm. their equation is stress plus rest equals growth. That's the equation, Yep. but stress plus stress just equals broken.
0: Yeah. And, and, and tired, right? Like just exhaustion, (laughs) so tired, like both physically and mentally, right? Like, and this is what you have to remember is that A lot of times we think that running is a release and for a lot of us it is, right? It it can be. And if you have a lot of mental stress or emotional stress, especially like in the beginning of the week and you're like, oh, I cannot wait to go for my runs, but then you've got a speed workout on on your plan and a long run on your plan and that's just exhausting you even further. Like Kevin said, stress is still stress. And sometimes even though we think that running is a stress reliever, it is still a physical stress on the body, right? Even easy runs, easy easy runs are a physical stress on the body. They're not as stressful as your speed workouts and your long runs, but there's still a stress on the body. And do they provide mental relief? Yes. A lot of times they can provide a lot of mental stress relief. So again, you're kind of weighing the benefits there, like the risk versus the reward is the mental relief, the mental stress relief that you gain from getting that run in more important than the rest that your body physically might need.
1: Right. So then a lot of that comes into account of how soon is the race? Like, do I have a, race in mind that i'm aiming towards
0: what are you training for right now
1: because that changes the risk reward calculus for sure do i really need to try and squeeze in this workout Mm -hmm. or would it be better for me to just not even have a speed workout Mm -hmm. this week maybe i just go easy runs this week it's gonna be fine and then i can just continue moving along you know Mm -hmm. it's it's also If this is a thing that comes up every once in a while right it's going to be okay if you have what really looks like an an overloaded super dense training Mm -hmm. week and then you get back into your normal thing that's another thing that we should really highlight here is if this is a random occasional thing that comes Mm up you're probably fine and like that's a great takeaway is it's going to be all right that you crammed everything at the front of the week. But if week after week after week, you're always cramming everything in on Wednesday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then by Monday you're spent, you're, you're a grump at work. You're probably not productive at work on Monday. So then that builds to a stress of trying to get more working on Tuesday, Wednesday, you hit Thursday again. You're like, Oh God, I got to hit my speed workout again. Mm -hmm. It's a vicious cycle that you're in.
0: It is. And I I somewhat agree with you there because I I think that you're right. Like if it happens once in a while, you're probably going to be okay. But I will say you still have to be cautious, especially if you're a new runner, right? Especially if you're a new new runner. runner, especially if you're like new to speed work, if you're new to strength training, if you're new to all of this stuff. And, and you're still trying to cram it all in, that's a lot of newness on your body, <laughs> right? Like there's a lot of-
1: It's too much new.
0: Right, and so new is great because when we introduce new stimuli to our body, our body makes adaptations. But if we introduce too many new stimuli to the body at once, our body kind of freaks out on, on us and is like not sure what to do if we don't give it the proper recovery, okay? Again, so- All the new stuff is fine. Like maybe you're new to running and you've never followed a training plan and you've joined our academy and you've got this personalized plan that's right for you. And you're like ready to go and you've got your goals and you're all set to go, right? But now you also have the new, the newness of also trying to fit all of this into a very short amount of time because of the other stress in your life, right? That's just too much new that you've stacked all on top of each other.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you point out one of the little extra dangers in there of newness is when you get a new stimulus, mm-hmm. it often leads to short-term benefits. Yeah. So it's possible that you could have this week where you cram everything in and the next week you're feeling amazing. Yeah. And you're like, well, clearly that's That's how I should train. I should always crit. No, you should not. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) It's it's a very dangerous game to play. Even if you're super experienced as a runner and you're like, okay, well, I've been always fitting my workouts into the front. I basically run four days and then I take three days off. That's just always how I've done it. It's possible that you've just adapted to this and you're still just, you're not maximizing your potential because you're not getting the recovery during the four days. Mm -hmm. And then you're not building up like enough volume because you're only able to fit it into those four days instead Mm -hmm. of being able to stretch things out. I feel like you're just not maximizing full potential at that point.
0: Right. So then you kind of have to be honest with yourself and say, is there a way for me to change my schedule up a little bit, right? Because again, what you have to remember, and this is so key, and this is why we're going to say it. If you listen to our podcast, you're going to hear us say this on many, many episodes, (laughs) if not all, right? The body absorbs training through recovery, right? There needs to be this pattern of stress the body and then recover and stress the body and recover because it is in stressing the body that we break ourselves down and it is in the recovery that we build ourselves back up stronger. And this pattern is very individual and it's based on so many different factors. It's based on your body type. It's based on your running experience. It's based on your past injury history. It's based on, you know, Maybe if you have any sort of chronic conditions that you're dealing with, there's so many different factors that go into this. And so there are some people out there, like if you're looking at your running buddy, that's doing all of this and you're like, well, they're getting great results. That doesn't mean it's right for you because you might have, well, you do have a very different body and a very different life than everyone else on the planet. Right. And so someone else might be able to train, you know, three, four days in a row, and take a couple of days off and be totally fine. Whereas, you like, I know that we've had a lot of different clients throughout the years that if they run like we've had them come to us and say you know i've been doing this i've been running for 10 years now and i know that i don't like running on back to back days mm-hmm. right my body just doesn't respond well to it and of course as coaches we always like to challenge those and ask more questions and and say okay well what is it you know that's that's causing that problem is it just some soreness cuz there are for sure benefits on training on back to back days but again every person kind of has a different story a different body what works better for them so that pattern of running harder workouts and then recovery is different for every individual.
1: Yeah. And what recovery means for one individual in the next yes. is totally different. Also very like, true recovery for one person, maybe a 30 minute walk mm-hmm. recovery for like Kipchoge is a 10 mile run at seven minute pace. Exactly. Like this, the, <laughs> right. with very different human beings.
0: Yes, indeed. Indeed. But we ha- we have to remember that most of our training, especially for long races needs to be easy, Training, easy running. Okay. We talk a lot about the 80 20 principle here that 80% of your running needs to be at an easy effort level, 20% needs to be harder, right? Because again, Easy runs help your body to recover and prepare for the next harder effort. But like Kevin said, you know, Kipchoge's recovery is much different than mine and even
1: yours. Oh, like or a new runner versus an experienced runner. runner, or sometimes the experienced runner then becomes a little bit more of a mature runner and they need extra recovery. Maybe the new runner. And by
0: mature, we mean older. Yes,
1: I do. Um, <laughs> and
0: because we're all getting older, and that's totally okay. I say
1: I'm racing as a masters this winter. Um, so you know it's it's all fine um but yeah easy an easy recovery day could go all the way from not running at all into you know an hour and a half run it all just depends on what that person is currently working with
0: and what they're capable of. and what
1: they're fully capable right of. Yeah. like
0: and and what they are also what they're training for right like someone you know, what your training, goals are yeah like someone that's trained for a 5k is going to have a different looking recovery than someone that's training for an ultra marathon
1: yes right i mean their overall volume is completely different exactly
0: exactly right and those are all things that you have to take into account again one more reason why that personalized plan is what's best for you. So if you have this plan, right, if you have, whether it's a generic plan or a personalized plan, if you're trying to kind of stuff one end of the week with all of your workouts, it creates this overload in the body, right? It's like you're building up building something up and your body's not able to kind of dissipate it right like so i think about this kind of like with heat right like if you're in a really hot environment like your body sweats to help your to help cool itself down it's core temperature but there are sometimes if you're just in that hot environment for a really long time your body can't sweat enough or especially if it's very humid out right you can't sweat enough to actually dissipate all of that heat and deal with that load on the body. So other things happen, like, unfortunately, like it can lead to heat exhaustion and heat stroke and heat, you know, severe heat illness, the body just passes out.
1: Are you so essentially the the heat equivalent of not being able to recover from it?
0: Mm -hmm. All
1: right. I'm going with a baking equivalent here.
0: Baking. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: All right. So you make, you make the cake. So I have a birthday in July. So you make the cake, it Mm -hmm. comes out of the oven. Try to immediately frost it like right then. I've like tried that as before. It, comes it does not go out. well. <laughs> no, no. You try and immediately frost it before you allow the cake to actually cool down yeah. and, uh, you know, quote unquote, recover mm-hmm. so that it can come down to an appropriate temperature. If you frost it too quick, you have a puddle of frosting that has melted right off the outside of the cake. Mm-hmm. So that this is my suggestion is, sure, you're going to stress it by, you know, putting the cake in the oven. Then you got to let it recover before you can do anything else to it. It just literally has to sit there, okay. cool itself back down.
0: All right. And since, you know, Thanksgiving's, coming up you sure. could, we could also look at a turkey okay right like when it, when you take a turkey out of the oven you have to let it rest first right to let all of the juices, all of the juices. reabsorb <laughs> I and mean, if you carve it too soon it's just like juiced everywhere on the cutting board. So the
1: food network has told me it has to reabsorb the juices, reabsorb. Has to balance the juices, which I think is very much related to sweating. I think okay. so.
0: So how is this related to running again?
1: <laughs> it's not, back. it's not, this is a food podcast. <laughs> but,
0: so we're going back to that overload, right. Of like trying to do something without the proper recovery doing too much without the proper recovery is not the best for the body right and um like you said you know you're not going to be maximizing your potential it's probably okay on occasion but overall it's not a sustainable way
1: to train excellent all right so i think that covers like our first big idea here is trying to fit everything into just a few days it's just it's literally it's not quality training and It's going to lead to exhaustion, and possible injury. Second idea, just always fitting more workouts in or longer workouts Mm -hmm. is not always the key to success. Even if you're not trying to cram things into like the front of the week, the end of the week, just doing more workouts, longer workouts, bigger workouts is not necessarily the recipe for success. And this sometimes happens when people are trying to fit things in too much. Mm -hmm. They're like, all right, well, Normally I run five days out of the week, but I only have three days to do. So I'm just going to put everything into these three days. Mm -hmm. So like I can fit in three runs instead of four. Well, great. So my two easy runs are just going to become one long run plus I have my long run. Well, no, now you have two long runs during the week. Right. That's a whole heck of a lot more stress yeah. than two easy runs.
0: Right. Like if you're doing, if you have like an easy three miles on the schedule and another easy three miles, that is not the same thing as one six miler. It's
1: definitely not yeah. the same thing. Well,
0: and, and you know, that kind of goes with training load as well, of like kind of getting into like ratios of like how much of your weekly mileage should your long one, run be percentage wise, right? Like, cause there are some people that say, oh, well, you're your long run should never be more than 50%. It should never be more than 30%. It should never be more than X amount of your total weekly mileage, right? I think most
1: of those numbers are made up. I'm sure we could find some research, right. but there are various running coaches that mm-hmm. would all throw different numbers at you. Correct. The the grump that I used to sell shoes with, he complained anytime somebody's long run crested 30% of their weekly mileage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how many miles do you think people should do yeah. to train for a marathon? He also thought it was ridiculous that anybody could train for a marathon less than like 80 miles a week.
0: And also probably less than six or seven days of running.
1: Of course. Right?
0: Like so why would
1: you not do seven days of running. Cause that
0: was old school. right? Of course like,
1: he couldn't sit up out of his chair without of uh-huh. his knees, like waking up people next door, but
0: exactly, exactly. And like, we have a friend too, that like trained for the Olympic trials back in the eighties. And she's like, man, what you guys know now is so much better than what we knew then. Like we didn't understand the concept of easy running. We just went out and did all of our runs at like a medium to moderate effort level. That's yep. just what we did. Right. And she is no longer able to run. Unfortunately, she walks a lot, but she's got major breakdown and arthritis in her knees. Right, and this is one of those things that lead to that myth of running is bad for your knees. It's not. It's bad for your knees if you do it improperly. Right. If yeah. you're if you're increasing your training load and not allowing this recovery, yes, then your your joints are going to break down, your muscles are going to break down, your body's going to break down. That's why recovery is so important. So if you do have to shorten, you know, how many, I shouldn't say shorten, but like um, decrease the number of days that you're running, it's may or may not be beneficial for you to try to combine days into each other. And so- that is one example where it's not beneficial, right? Trying to combine two easy runs into one longer run, just to make sure you're getting the mileage in might not be the best idea.
1: Or taking one of your easy runs and just adding it to your long run. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I already have a long run. I'll just make it a longer run. Okay. But if your long run was six last week, A moving from six miles to seven miles seems reasonable. From 10K to 12K, reasonable. From six miles to 10 miles is a pretty big jump, especially if. The six was literally the longest you've run. Yeah. From six to 10 is then ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I have gone from six to 10, but I've also run much further than 10 miles. So right. to me, that's not that crazy of a jump. But if your six is your longest run, don't be like, well, it was going to be a seven miler, mm-hmm. but I skipped my three mile easy run early in the week. So I guess it has to be 10. I'll just it, doesn't, tack it on. It doesn't have to be anything. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the other things that shows up in this is so many runners that, that key on, like, I have to do do this i have to get this total mileage for the week yep. i missed this run and this run so well it's saturday i guess i have to go do 25 miles
0: and yeah which is not a good <laughs> idea right and that's what we talk about becoming slaves to your training plan these numbers are not absolute pause. Mm -hmm. (laughs) These numbers are not absolute. Okay. Yes, we're still here, but I put a pause in there for dramatic, you know, the, the dramatic effect there, but it's, it's true, right? Like making sure that you hit your weekly mileage exactly as it's written in the plan is probably not as important as you think it is. Okay. It is much more important that you are spacing your workouts out if possible, that you're getting this recovery time in between your workouts and then, you know, the other thing is that people do, like they will try to maybe combine things, mm-hmm. but it's also like, well, if I can only fit in one workout, it's got to be a super intense one. <laughs> it's gonna right? be the like,
1: mother of all workouts. Yeah, like I
0: was only supposed to do a 20 minute tempo run, but I should maybe do a 20 minute tempo run plus some quarter repeats at 5k pace followed by <laughs> yes. right followed by some 200s right and you they just try to make the workout super intense and it's just exhausting right and so again if you are trying to fit mileage into less days and that's going to lead you to ramp up your mileage on those days a lot more than you're used to or if you're trying to fit in more speed work and make your speed workouts more intense because you're not getting that second workout in this can lead to injury and this can lead to exhaustion and when you're ramping up your mileage too quickly or or you're increasing your intensity for your overall mileage too quickly it's just a recipe for disaster
1: Mm -hmm. and it just takes the fun out of running yeah like it quite tankly, when you say slave to the plan, I don't think slave to the plan. And I'm like, yeah, I get to go be a slave to my plan. Right. Like, No one's <laughs> celebrating that. No, no one's stoked. They get to post that on their Instagram. Like, woo, slave to the plan today. Like, that's not exciting. That's like, not a
0: hashtag that we a, see. A
1: hashtag slave to the plan. I don't think yeah. that it is. People pretend. I'm going to
0: search it up and see like, if anyone's ever used it.
1: People will put in like hashtag committed. No, you're not. You probably needed a rest day. That's yeah. actually probably what you, hashtag committed to the long term Is a picture of you resting.
0: Is a picture of you resting. Like, that's actually really what it is. Yeah, because, like, when you go into it with this mentality of, like, I have to fit it in, I have to make up the miles, I have to make up this run then it becomes a burden, right? Like even just using that word have to, that's why I emphasized it so much there, right? I have to do this. It becomes a chore, right? That is going to start to suck the fun out of your running so quickly. If you are feeling unmotivated and you're feeling like, God, I really used to enjoy this. And now all of a sudden I'm following this plan and it's not fun anymore, right? There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that we've talked to that have said that before. It's like, I used to love running and then I decided to train for this half marathon and now it's just like tedious and monotonous and there's this plan that I have to follow and it's just not fun anymore. Well, you're thinking about it in a way that's not benefiting you, right? Like when you think I have to do this, of course, you're going to suck the fun out. It's like when I tell my kids that they have to go clean their room, automatically, they're like, mom, do I have to? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to? Like time to clean the bathroom? Why do I have to? Right? And I'm like, Well, you don't. We could live in a filthy, disgusting
1: household.
0: (laughs) That is an option. That's just an option that I don't like. And so that's not the one that we're going to go with here.
1: Right. Okay. So if we're trying to get around that more and longer workouts are the key, let's, let's focus on a few things to get around that. One that eighty twenty that Angie mentioned earlier. Lean into eighty percent of your week should be easy. Twenty percent should be that medium or harder effort. That way you don't end up with too much intensity.
0: And again, this is just a guideline oh, too. Yeah, total right? guideline. These are not hard and fast numbers. You don't have to be calculating it out and making oh gosh, this I'm at eighty one and a half percent, right? Like this is a general guideline. A like as long as you're around this area, you're probably fine.
1: Eighty twenty is a good ballpark because yeah. it it leads means towards a, a whole lot of easy running yeah. and that's ultimately the key look if you're training for something that's a half marathon full marathon things where you're going to be out there for 60 plus minutes most basically all of that running is is rooted in how strong is your cardio furnace? Like how much cardio base have you built up? And it's good to have some other systems going. It's good to work on some speed, but so much of that is who's the biggest cardio monster out there. And that's where the 80 comes in. Like you got to make sure that you have plenty of easy running. So let's say that you've got like a training plan that gives two speed sessions during the week. Mm -hmm. I know you like to have two speed sessions during the week on four days of running.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, real real quick before we jump okay, into that like go. I also thought you you were mentioning who's the biggest cardio monster out there, right? But the other thing that easy running does is it allows you to stay out there for longer periods of time. So mm-hmm. not only is it building up your cardio base, it's also building up your muscular endurance as well. Yes. Right? Like your your legs like need to be able to continue to function for longer periods of time. Like yeah. your muscles just naturally start to fatigue. And when you're out there for longer periods of time, you you get, you start to build up more of that and you're not fatiguing the muscles as quickly. So you're automatically able to last longer.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're going out for 30 minutes and one of them's 30 minutes hard and one of them's 30 minutes easy, mm-hmm one of them you could extend yeah <laughs> the other one you're you're probably done at mm-hmm. the end of that guy um so you to go back to, to my, speed, my specific yeah. example here you like to get in a couple of speed sessions on mm-hmm. four days of running mm-hmm. well if you're going to miss a day yeah the day that you should miss is probably one of the speed days right you're like oh but i i already did my like My speed session, and then I did an easy day. Now I've got like another speed or a long run. Which one should I get in? Mm -hmm. Skip the speed. Yeah. Like if you're not sure. In all likelihood, the answer is pull back from the speed on that because if you're missing a, a whole day of running, that's going to reduce your overall volume, it's going to reduce your overall mileage. And so, your 80 20 your percentages are getting thrown off. Mm-hmm. So, if the overall amount gets shrunk down and you continue to do all the speed that was planned, right? In all likelihood, it's way more than your 20 percent.
0: Your ratios are off,
1: your ratios, are yeah. Off.
0: And I that's true, I do like that, but lately I have been leaning a lot more into the easy running, like because it just mentally also gives me a break. Like yeah. it, it is, I don't have to be like, oh, I have to like go out and like hit this like focused steady state effort or this tempo effort or, you know, this speed session. I can be like, oh, it's just an easy run. Like I can go out and get an easy run in, right? Like, and I've been doing like some of my easy run days, I'll even do as like a run walk. And it just like, takes the pressure right off. And it's such a, like a nice thing to do.
1: I mean, that that's like, I it didn't put that into my, uh, my yeah. outline, but that's an excellent add on here is knowing that there's such like a mental release yeah. of being able to have a comfortable, easy run. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about the difference that st-
0: you can walk if you want to, which is completely fine. Yeah.
1: Like, especially if you're using your run as, as a stress reliever, yes, it is still a physical stress, but an easy run, especially if you're going to put in a run, walk into it and like fully embrace the ease of the easy run. It can be a nice recovery thing. There's a little bit of a physical stress to it, but overall that's a nice recovery aspect.
0: Yeah. And I think that like, you know, some people, really are against like the whole run walk thing or of walking really like they don't want to walk in their runs. And I would, encourage you to like think about it and try to embrace it a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with taking walking breaks some of the times, right? It depends on, again, it depends on your goal, on the right? Goal. It depends on your goal and what, what you're trying to accomplish. But there are so many people that like their ego just prevents them from even thinking about walking and they end up pushing too hard on those days that they're feeling exhausted. So you have to ask yourself, like, what's better here? If this is supposed to be an L2 easy run and I'm just feeling wiped out because of the physical and mental stress that I've been under this week, Is it better for me to like push myself to run the whole time and not take a walking break, which is really going to put my run more in like the level four arena, right. Versus actually listening to my body and taking a couple of walking breaks, right. You don't want to walk half your run, but like taking a couple walking breaks that are like a minute long, just to give your body that run and that, or that recovery within the run can really decrease the overall effort level of your run make it a lot more enjoyable and actually give you that l2 benefit
1: excellent all right second point in here really learn to trust your body and your mind Like when you're getting ready to run and you're thinking about like, all right, this is what my plan says. It says that I'm supposed to go out and get a speed workout today. How am I actually feeling? Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling really, really tired, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling kind of like physically or mentally beat up, that might not be the day to go knock out a hard workout. Maybe that's the day where you're like, you know what? I really am exhausted. I don't know if Mm -hmm. it's worthwhile to try and push through this thing. So I'm going to go for an easy run. On the other hand, if your brain is telling you every single day, nah, you're tired. You should, you should. I don't
0: want to do that. Rest day. Yeah.
1: Oh, um, you're you're tight. You're too tired to do this. Easy day. You, mm-hmm. This is going to be exhausting. Easy day. Right. Sometimes you have to overcome it and be sometimes like, all right, that's just my brain telling me this is going to be difficult. Yeah. And then you got to do it anyway. But sometimes, like, this is why you got to like know the voices in your head, Mm -hmm. is that your body sending you a good message that Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 this is going to be too much. Or is your body just trying to protect you because it knows a workout is going to be hard.
0: Yeah. And like, sometimes what I'll do is I will kind of, test myself. Okay. Right. So I'll say, okay, we're just going to go out and we're going to start off easy. And if I have like a workout on the schedule, I'm going to say, I'm going to do the first repetition of it. Right. Or the first round of it. Cause a lot of times my harder days are interval type of workouts, right. Where I'm either getting into a medium pace or even a a harder pace. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do a round or a couple of rounds and see how I feel. And if I'm still feeling exhausted, I'm going to cut this workout short.
1: That's a good way of going at it. Yeah. Um. I think one of the other things here is leaning into effort pace, right? like mm-hmm. effort-based runs. Yeah. Instead of finding specific paces that you have to hit, where at the end of the workout, you could look back at it and be like, hmm, I didn't do that workout correctly. I didn't succeed at the workout because I didn't hit the goal pace on the magic plan. Yeah. Like it, there's no magic plan that's gonna have the magic workout inside of it leaning into effort-based runs. Did you push kind of hard? Did you push moderately hard? Was it medium hard? Like, did you find the effort you were supposed to go Mm -hmm. at and not worry as much about what the pace is? If you had a whole lot of other stuff going on in your life, your paces might not be off, but your, your effort levels will still feel the same. Mm -hmm. Like a 10 minute mile and a nine minute mile may feel the same depending on how much sleep you got the night before, what's going on at work, like what's going on in the lives of your kids. Like these could feel exactly the same even though they're completely different paces
0: yeah and there are so many people that get locked into like well so for my effort level what pace is that yes oh that's
1: a great question i love that one
0: (laughs) okay so what pace should i be running my l5 at what pace should i be running my l7 at right like because we want the numbers our brain loves numbers we as runners love numbers we want to make sure that we're doing it quote unquote right and like kevin said This is about learning how to trust your body and your mind. And that, if that freaks you out, that (laughs) might be something that you need to actually start to work on a little bit here, right? Like understanding and being honest with yourself, right? Because I was having this conversation with somebody and I was like, well, you know, we teach our runners about effort level training. And he's like, oh, well, that can get a little tricky, And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, because like, there are some days like you don't want to push yourself and I'm like, yeah, straight up. And so if you have like, okay, here's the pace I have to hit in your mind, it can be easier because it's very concrete Mm -hmm. versus, okay, I have to go out and I have to hit an L7 or an L8. Are you just lying to yourself because you want the easy route? And you're like, yeah, 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 this is an L7 when it's actually maybe an L6 or an L5, L5, right? Like, and that's when you have to kind of dig in and say all right, this is a goal that I have that I want to get faster that's going to require me to actually be honest with myself and put this effort in, even if I don't have the exact pace and understand you can't get this wrong either right like there are some people that think that you can get it wrong, but. The more you do it, the more you practice, the more honest you are with yourself, the better you will become at assessing these effort levels. So whether or not you want to actually push yourself to that effort level, that's on you, right? You get to choose whether or not you're going to push yourself to those effort levels on any given day.
1: Yeah. Effort level training just has so many benefits. Yeah. You go to a different temperature, you go to a different altitude, you go to a race environment. Mm-hmm. You can still lean in on your effort levels mm-hmm. to help guide you yeah. a whole lot more than you might be able to like, look at a watch. Like we are, we could not be more sea level if we tried. <laughs> could you like a trip to Colorado and try and go out for a run yeah. and be like, Oh no, no. My L five is this many minutes per mile. No, it's not. No, no there's no oxygen. Like, no, Oh, not there's absolutely like, that's actually not
0: the typical elevation gain that i get on our like five mile loop around our house is 13, 13 feet, feet.
1: <laughs> 13 feet every time
0: 13 feet. That's what it is.
1: And there's never a hill. My watch just at one point in time, yeah. it thinks that I just dropped into a hole 13 mm-hmm. feet down, ran there for about a mile and a half. And then I leapt right back out of the yeah. hole.
0: I think on A1A it's 26 feet because Perfect. there are a couple little there's hills little, that like, you have to kind of go uh-huh. over, but yeah. So
1: always <laughs> but fun. 13 but feet. yeah,
0: eff- effort level training is fantastic. And if you aren't practicing it yet, we highly suggest that you start to practice it. And there's tons of paths episodes that we have all about effort levels so you can go back in our archive and just search for effort levels and you're going to find a ton of good resources for you
1: all right another point that i want to cover here sometimes you just need to go short people are like all right well my schedule says Mm -hmm. that i'm supposed to have an easy run of an hour maybe you're building up for like a half minute like a longer race Mm So it says, all right, easy run of an hour, but I can't fit an easy run of an hour later in the week because I have this, that, and the other thing. So I have to do it early in the week if I'm going for 60 minutes. No, you don't. If earlier in the week, you normally have an off day or you have that day that's just like a strength only day, instead of trying to cram in your 60 minute run and strength, which might be too much if you're not used to putting strength and a run on the same day, Mm -hmm. you could just actually choose to go for 30 minutes later in the week, Mm -hmm. just not have your 60 minute run. And people are like, but that's completely going to change my schedule. Yeah, it's going to change it a little bit, but it's going to keep your schedule roughly the same. Mm -hmm. And there's a benefit to that consistent yeah. schedule week upon week upon week. You're stacking bricks. You're not trying to put down enormous bricks. You're putting a consistent, mm-hmm. normal size brick week upon week upon week upon week.
0: Right. And if it happens every now and then, again, not a big deal, right? If it's happening, happening consistently, then you have to ask yourself, is this the right plan for me? Right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm finding that I need to adjust my training plan every single week, this might not be the right plan for me. This might not be the right layout for me. Because like Kevin said, maybe you can't get in that 60 minute run. And so you can only get in 30 and then you're noticing that's kind of happening on a consistent basis. Fine. That doesn't mean that you aren't going to achieve your goal. It might just mean that you need to adjust your timeline, right? Like it just might mean that you, it's going to take you a little bit longer to achieve that goal. If you're like building up to a half marathon, right? If right now in your life, you are so busy with work and kids and other responsibilities, maybe a half marathon is not the right choice for you right now. Like you really want to do it. You've got this bucket list item, but again, running needs to fit into your real life. Right. And if you don't have the time to dedicate to that running goal right now, that's totally okay. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to do that six months down the road or a year down the road. It just might not be right now. And I think that this is a hard thing for a lot of us to accept, right, (laughs) that like I can't do it all at the same time. I am a firm believer that we can do all of it. We can do everything that we want to do. We can accomplish anything we want. We might not be able to do it all at the exact same time. Like there are seasons in our life where, you know, maybe you have young children at home. And so you need to focus on your kids and you don't have as much time to run. But those that time that you can carve out, that's important for you to take for yourself, right? Versus trying to like cram everything in and like make it all work. And that just adds a lot of mental stress to you as well. Just trying to figure out how to cram all the stuff in.
1: Yeah, I mean, that really that that will be a good title for the episode. Also is you it, it gets a little long and wordy. You can do everything. You just can't do everything at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. But hey, that's that's essentially plan adjustments is yeah. people take the entire week of training and they're like, I'm gonna do it all on Monday. Yeah. Like you can Don't you do can, it. You can do all the things. It just gets a little tough to try yeah. and do them all in the same day. So maybe your 90 day plan, it just takes a longer time. Maybe you
0: need 120 days. Right. Your 90 right? day plan
1: stretches out to yeah. an extra month long, mm-hmm. which is tricky if you have like a specific race at the end of it. But then maybe the time goal for that specific race gets pushed down the road. Right. You can still run that race. You can still be physically prepared. It might not just not be the best like optimized use of that plan. Mm-hmm. But look, running is not going to be like, all right, I ran that race. I did it. I finished running. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, it, it, you're not checking that right. box off and now you don't have to ever run again. I think most, of the listeners to the podcast are like all right i'd like to do a race and be successful at it as successful as i can be at that race yeah and then um they're probably gonna sign up for another race
0: yeah and i think that the other thing that we have to keep in mind because when you were talking um you were mentioning if you're already signed up for that specific race right Mm -hmm. this is something that i think so many people get locked into and they're like well i've already signed up like i've already paid the fee it's like okay so maybe it's like a hundred bucks right That's about an average cost. Like there's some that are a little bit less expensive. There's definitely some that are more expensive, but like, let's say it's a hundred dollars and you're like, well, I don't want to like waste it. I've already paid it. Right. I want to run the race. But if you're not physically ready to actually do that race, is it worth potentially hurting yourself and not being able to run for a couple of months and having to go see a doctor or a physical therapist? like? is that worth a hundred dollars to you right and there are some people that are like well it's an out-of-town race and so i've got flights and i've got hotels yeah it's true right like sometimes the cost is a lot greater but i want you to ask yourself like if you if you ask yourself am i truly prepared for this race and ready to run Do I think that I'm well-prepared? And if you can honestly say, nope, I really don't think so. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you even have a coach that you're working with and your coach is like, "Uh," you know, like (laughs) this timeline, like I really wish you had another month. I really wish you had another two months here. Is it worth you doing that race and potentially hurting yourself that could cause further, you know, damage and downtime and, even more money out of your pocket that's the thing if you start
1: adding medical expenses those those are going to add up just as much
0: so maybe it would be best for you when you're looking at the long-term goals in the big picture to not do that race at all or to change your goal for that race. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've got, um, one of our athletes that we're coaching, she was supposed to do Chicago and she, some, some things kind of happened during her training. She had to take a little bit of time off for an injury that, that she experienced. And so she decided that she was still in good enough shape to run Chicago. She just was going to do a run walk instead. She was going to adjust her goal instead of, you know, trying to go for the BQ, which was the original goal. She's like, okay, I'm still going to run it, but I'm going to adjust my goal. I don't care about the time. I'm just going to go and I'm going to enjoy the I'm going to experience
1: the Chicago Marathon. I'm going
0: to experience the Chicago Marathon. It's going to be a different experience, but I'm going to go in and love the crowd. And I'm going to you know, hang out with my friends and like, it became a different thing, right? So feel free to adjust your goals, your expectations, what you want to get out of that race in order to support your long-term goals and your long-term health.
1: Excellent. All right. I have a couple other, um, tips on essentially, and I guess they're tips, suggestions on how to avoid trying to, um, put in too much, too many workouts or too much mileage and, and hope that that's somehow going to fix things. Sometimes the opposite works okay maybe you have too much stuff going on in your life to fit in all of the speed workouts during the week so you're like all right i can go out and run but i don't think that i can push myself to like a hard level once out of the week, definitely not two workouts out of the week. You could just blow off the speed sessions. And some people are like, Oh, great. Sign me up. I will blow off all the speed sessions. <laughs> great. I, I'm
0: looking at you, Becky.
1: I am. I enjoyed that 30 seconds of the podcast where he said, blow off all of the speed sessions, <laughs> blow the speed sessions and add strides a couple times during the week. Yeah. Like you could fill in, and be like, all right, this section, these few weeks of my life are super, super busy between work and kids and a, a vacation and a trip and all the things. These few weeks are going to be super busy. You don't need to fit in all of the workouts right. during that time. You could put in strides a couple times during the week. Maybe instead of fifteen second strides, you make them thirty second strides and just highlight a little bit of speed mm-hmm. so that when you when your life kind of Balances back out a little bit, you're able to focus a little bit more, you have the effort and energy to get in the workout. Your speed isn't gone. your speed will hang around for a while through doing nothing more than a handful of strides a couple of times a week. yeah, it really will hang along it's not going to build much no, but it'll you can hang on to it for quite a while. same thing with a long run, mm-hmm. like your long run endurance will last for like two or three weeks before mm-hmm. it really starts tapering off.
0: Right. And so again, this is not a long-term fix. Like you can't just blow off all of your speed sessions and add <laughs> some strides. and that, think you're going to get faster.
1: It does not work. And that's but, not what
0: we're talking about here. But if
1: you've been training, yeah. you can throw some strides in for a cup for a week, maybe two weeks, mm-hmm. instead of doing the speed sessions, you can do some, some strides in, it will prevent detraining.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, the, the last kind of thing we want to offer to you guys is sometimes it's better for you to cut back on your mileage in order to add strength into your plan. Okay. And this is something that we just, we just covered on our coaching call with one of our athletes this week, you know, his schedule is really, really busy right now. And he's like, I'm I'm having a hard time. I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping some of the strength sessions. I'm skipping some of the core sessions and I'm like, I don't want you doing that. And if you need to like, if you've got a really busy week, I would rather you take a mile or 10 minutes off of your easy run so that you fit in even just one round of our strength sessions, you know, that's going to be much better for you than just trying to get in that extra 10 minutes of running, right? So sometimes if you need to fit running and strength into the same day, shrink the length of your run, make sure you get in some strength training, and that's going to set you up better for that long-term success. And the other thing you have to keep in mind is that you don't have to do a 45 minute strength session for it to be effective. Like I said, if you can just fit in 10 to 15 minutes, especially if you've got a busy schedule, that is enough to at least maintain, At
1: least maintain. you know,
0: and for some people, especially if strength training is a new thing for you, you can actually start building strength in as little as 10 to 20 minutes. Per strength session, you know, a couple of of times a week, two to three times a week, that is beneficial for you. Like there are some people that have this like all or nothing, nothing mentality. And they're like, well, if it's not at the gym and if I'm not lifting heavy and if it's not 45 minutes, it's not worth my time. That is not true.
1: Yeah. The all or nothing mentality. It's kind of a a thread that's run throughout this entire, Mm -hmm. entire podcast is don't worry about having to fit everything in making sure that like I've got, I've got my strength. And then I did that workout and I added the workout to my long run. And then I'm going to wrap it up with the strength because I haven't made my strength in this week. No, you aren't. You're going to be broken by the time Monday comes around. So it's okay to pull back on something. You're like, all right, I'd like to fit everything in. Something's going to have to be reduced so that maybe if you're not used to a run and a strength in the same day, pull back on how much strength it is, pull back on the length Mm -hmm. of the run so that you can put them into the same day. You don't have to combo both of them and be like, I did it. I fit everything in. Maybe it worked for that week, but week upon week upon week, it might not actually be sustainable.
0: Exactly. So Understanding how to create a personalized plan is essential and understanding how to adjust this plan is even more important because real life is going to get in the way, right? I shouldn't say more important, but it is also equally as important because even if we have the best laid personalized plan, things are going to happen, right? So it's like, what do I do along the way?
1: Yes. What do I do now? Yeah.
0: And so if you guys are looking for any help with this, we do provide coaching. You can head over to realliferunners.com and you can get some of our free resources over there. You can get on our waiting list for our coaching program over there. Um, We've got some great great info. And the cool thing is I have just created a brand new resource for you because one of the biggest mistakes that we see people making is not knowing where they are in their running right now and then jumping into a training plan or setting a timeline or setting goals that are, I should say, setting goals with the wrong timeline because they don't have an accurate assessment of where they are right now. So, I created what I like to call your running snapshot, which is a one page PDF that you can go through and just fill out to really get a great idea about where you are right now, you know, like what your running looks like, what your strength looks like. So if you want that, head over to realliferunners.com forward slash snapshot and grab your free copy of the running snapshot today. It's a really cool thing because you can fill it out today and you can fill it out in three months and kind of use it as a progress tracker as well, you yeah, know, to it's kind a, of check and see where you are.
1: It's a great resource. You created yeah. there.
0: Yeah. So head over to realliferunners.com forward slash snapshot to grab that free resource today. And again, if you haven't left, left us a review on iTunes yet, please, we would love it and we would appreciate it so much if you were to do that so that we could help more runners to enjoy their running and train in a way that's right for them. Um, feel free to share with your friends, all the good things to help us grow this podcast. And as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us. This has been the real life runners podcast, episode number 276. Now get out there and run your life.